The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When life hands you a unique shift, what happens next? The gift is the shift. Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with your host, Karen Levitt. In our program, you will hear from people who have discovered the gift, whether through personal experience or those that are helping others through this experience. You'll find the next hour to be a motivating and encouraging one. Now, here is Karen Levitt. Hi, welcome to The Sky's the Limit. This is Karen Levitt, and my guest this week is Cindy Swall. And Cindy is just such a light. She is a life coach. And she's facilitated over 2,000 hours of one-on-one coaching. She brings 12 years of professional coaching experience in support of your personal and professional goals. She's accredited and actively facilitates 25 different coaching models, yet understands that no amount of action can make up for inaccurate or destructive thinking. She is one of only a handful of coaches that specializes in the needs and patterns of women. And with that, I would like to warmly welcome Cindy Swall to The Sky's the Limit. Thank you, Karen. Good oh, you're welcome. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you here. So you're known as the Bliss Mentor, and I really want to just jump right into that. If you could enlighten the audience, um, you know, a bit about yourself and and what what that is, your, your okay. title, Bliss Mentor. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. That actually kind of happened um, in the back door just a little bit. It wasn't like I said, you know what I'd like to be when I grow up. Um, <laughs> it didn't really happen that way. <laughs> Um, so I did a lot of executive coaching, and I will tell you, um, in that world, I still do quite a bit, but um, kind of by default, but in that world, what I noticed is that I was much less interested in just making people better leaders than I was in making my leaders happier people, and that's not um, semantics. It, quite honestly, the the leaders who had a really good understanding of their values and were living those values, who had good work-life integration, who sought out um, happiness as a goal, they were just better leaders. And so I came to realize that it's not so much about productivity and the goal itself, it's about what's the output of that. And so I really started paying attention to how can I create happier people or how can I help people get to the, their happy place, if you will. And so mm-hmm. it it really wasn't just... Um, for entertainment value, it was the fact that, you know, we really started focusing on things that weren't tied to productivity, and we became more productive by default. So the bliss concept kind of happened by accident. I was shopping with a friend of mine uh, in Kansas City, and um, a, a couple sat down next to us. We were at this little coffee shop. I was with my friend, Teresa. We were sitting in this coffee shop, um, and this was kind of a fairly tiny place, and they brought this couple that were probably teenagers, I'm guessing, um, kind of rambunctious and rowdy and all excited, and they sat them down to us, and they sat us, set them so closely next to us that the girl literally had to put her purse on top of my purse. They were so close. And my immediate reaction is, are you kidding me? You know, we're having this nice, quiet breakfast, 
And then here's this rowdy couple. And I noticed, though, as she was sitting down, she had on a shirt that said, Bliss Happens. And for some reason, the word bliss just kind of jumped right out of me. And I told my friend, Teresa, I said, I love that word. It just makes me feel good. And I have no idea what it even means, right? But then mm-hmm. several times as we were shopping throughout the day, my my childless, um, very successful friend, <laughs> size two, decided we were going to go to the Lucky Brand store and buy some jeans. So she's hunting blue jeans while I'm waiting for her to finish shopping. I noticed there was a phone case there, and I picked up the phone case and flipped it over, and it said, had a picture of a lotus flower, and it said bliss on it. And I was like, well, what are the odds of that, seeing that twice in one day? Then I mm-hmm. went and got a cup of tea. I'm driving home, and I pick up my cup of tea to drink out of it, and it says on the side of it, um, welcome to the land of bliss. And I thought, okay, something's going on here. <laughs> so it just kept popping up. And so I, you know, I basically said a little... Um, put something out to the universe and said, if I see this term again, there's something I'm supposed to do with it. And then, of course, three or four times within the day I saw it. So it's kind of like your confirmation bias, right? You you seek mm. something out that you know exists there somewhere. But So I saw it on numerous occasions, and I realized that my work is really not so much about following your bliss, but about how to get bliss to follow you, if you will. I love that. So your work before, you were a coach, or you, as you still said, you coach ex- executives, so now okay. you coach, you know, other people as well? As the yeah, I mean, mentor? Yeah, you know, and to me it's less about the the demographic or the job title. Some mm-hmm. people work outside the home, some people don't work outside the home. So I don't I wouldn't say that I necessarily have a um a target market even though I try to target women more just because women don't tend to take the time to mm-hmm. really invest in themselves. So I would say when I was an executive coach Fully, about eighty percent of my client base was men. Well, which was fine, um, but I, I realized that there was just a real need. First of all, women are willing to kind of be vulnerable and put stuff on the table, and I felt like the metamorphosis was happening much more quickly when I was working with women. So I kind of tried to lean that direction as much as I could. But mm-hmm. I still find that um, what was interesting to me is in my own mind, I made a delineation that says. You know, the the corporate world doesn't serve doesn't serve the soul or doesn't nurture the soul. So I'm going to move outside of the corporate arena. And what I came to realize is that it had nothing to do with the arena that people were in. It's like there's nothing inherently good or bad about the corporate world. It's it only serves you if it's a good match for you. And if it's not, mm-hmm. it's not going to serve you very well. So I quit thinking of it as a I'm going to work outside corporate and think of it as a I want to work with people who are interested in quantum transformation, whatever that looks like. Oh, I love that. That's rich. Quantum transformation. That really, you can you can grab hold of that. I love that. And um, yeah, you, you mentioned something I really want to kind of jump into. You said happiness has a goal. And, you know, that sort of seems to have a bit of a But If we could really get into that, you, you really feel that it's possible. Happiness can be a goal. Happiness is the only goal. Everything we do, we do so we can be happier people. Every dollar we spend, um, every action we take, everything we eat, you know, everything is about being happier, even though we may not articulate it in that way. Because, for example, I do a lot of work with um, a group called the Women's Employment Network where they mm-hmm. I work with women who have been moved out of a lot of um, and 
favorable conditions. Either they've been homeless or they've got, come through some sort of an abuse addiction, uh, abuse or addiction situations, but they're trying to move back into the workforce. And so I'll ask them the questions a lot of times. It's like, what is your goal for today? What's the one thing? And they, they'll say, I want to get a job. So I'll say, okay, why do you want to get a job? Like, so I can have some money. Okay, so why do you want to have some money? So that mm-hmm. I can pay for stuff. I'm like, why do you want to pay for stuff? So at this point, they're starting to get really irritated with me anyway, right? So, but <laughs> the point that I'm getting to is that we, I keep asking that question. It's like, well, so that I can buy a house. Okay, well, why do you want a house? So my kids can have a safe place to play. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So every decision you think that you're just doing something because it's a direct the direct result is something you just have to do that's obligatory. But ultimately, you do everything to get back to that place so that you can create peace and happiness in your life. That's mm-hmm. every deci- every job you take, everything you do is tied to that. Happiness is always the goal. Right. And I would say the opposite is quite true too. I mean, you see that people, you know, walk around um, blindly and they are uncomfortable they don't like where they are what they're doing mm-hmm. and that and that quite often is like i said really palpable you can see that and they're always oh. searching yeah so you right. believe and happiness is oh sorry. Go, ahead. go ahead i was gonna say so you believe happiness comes truly starts from within then oh yeah i mean you can have an external vision for something for sure mm-hmm. But you can't get there without an intention. So that's why I'm not a huge proponent. And people are surprised when I say this, but I'm not a huge proponent of establishing goals. Because to me, a goal is something that you're trying to get to that you don't already have. So if it's easier to say it's a goal, if it'll help you get there, that's fine. But it's important to understand it's not really what you want. It's why you want it. Mm-hmm. So if you have a better understanding of why you want it, your likelihood of getting to that end state is going to be considerably higher because you've got some emotion tied to it. We write goals all the time. That's why people write New Year's resolutions in about mid-January. We're so done. We're just over it. Right? We're mm-hmm. so done with it. Um, because we're not establishing the intention. We're establishing just the goal. And it mm-hmm. doesn't have any meat on it. So you, it sounds like your process is just to continually to ask why, to keep going deeper and deeper, as you said. Well, when we're when, trying to get to the goal, I mean, when we're trying to mm. get, establish what you're trying to accomplish, absolutely. Because a lot of times people say, well, this is what I want to, this is my goal for coaching. And after you talk to them for a little while, you realize that's not their goal at all. That's like a symptom. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm, their goal. Mm-hmm. It's what they thought they wanted, but that's not truly right, it. Right, right. They, hmm. It's just one mechanism for getting them to happy. And it's not necessarily their goal. Hmm, I love that because... Makes me think of that song by um, Pharrell Williams, Happy. <laughs> I love yeah. that. So happiness really really can be a goal and is achievable. And I l- love that, whether or not you're in the corporate world or not. Like I yeah. said, it, it, the two don't seem to match up when you see everybody walking around. I always think of the old IBM commercial in blue suits. Everybody's looking the same, very mm-hmm. conformed and nobody's smiling, right? Shuffling briefcases, no disrespect meant. Just that's the image that pops up. So mm-hmm. I love that. And so, yeah. What a journey. And um, you, you said your typical audience right now or your um, is mostly women. I know you've done a no, lot. No, it's really not. I think that I tried to target women more because I wasn't seeing enough women, right? I wasn't seeing enough women that, are, that were actively seeking that transformation because they're caring for other people. So I would say I still probably work with more men than I do women, but I'm working on, like, women's retreats and things like that so I can do more of that. But um, something interesting, though, just tying back to what you said about the corporate arena, um, I'm really seeing 
this and this was has been really good for me to be away from corporate for a few years and then kind of move back into it to a certain degree because I'm really seeing a shift. Companies are starting to recognize um, the value of um, the individual needs of people. And so as the baby boomers are all moving out of the workforce, it's very rapidly becoming an employee's market. And so as that's happening, it's been wonderful for me to be able to see a lot more work within the corporations tied to um, just well-being, you know, not just physical well-being, but emotional well-being as well, and really supporting the kind of work that I do. Super cool. I'm doing a lot of work in corporations now. I love that. That that's that's actually beautiful. It's refreshing to hear. As you, yeah, it's a good trend. It is a nice trend, absolutely. And um, let's see. I wanted to ask you because I know, you know, you've done a lot. You volunteer with women and mm-hmm. teens. You've done a lot. You've done a lot of workshops. Um, you know, women's employment network, for example. And uh, you talked about resilience training for for teens. Can mm-hmm. we can we touch on that briefly? Sure. I mean, I have a daughter who's 18 years old, so um, so I've done a lot of work with teens. And then I did a lot of work with the teens in my, at my church before my daughter was even born. So for some reason, I'm one of those people who really likes teenagers, actually. I think they're uh, really cool to be around. And, um, you know, they've moved into that place where they, um, you know, they're starting to get um, stronger cognitive abilities and, and their jokes are funny and you know, pass the knock-knock <laughs> face, right? So I just really enjoy being around them. But, but one of the things that I've noticed in working with teens is that if you can catch a kid by the time they're 12, 13 years old, where they're old enough to really have those cognitive skills but not so um, far you know, into their late teens that they've kind of made up their mind about things, that's a really, um, a really constructive, really malleable time to be to work with the human brain because they are really seeing the connection between their thinking and how that manifests itself in their lives. So um, I love working with teenagers because, number one, they'll challenge you, right? They'll mm-hmm. say, you know, help me understand this because this has not been my, my experience. So they'll actually challenge you. And, and you really have to prove yourself with teenagers mm-hmm. um, because Absolutely. they're suspicious by nature. Because <laughs> they're like, but, yeah, my parents told me this, and I found out that's not true at all. Or my teacher said this to me, and I'm like, that's... That's crap. That's not true either, right? So, <laughs> just being an adult working with teenagers, you you can only build credibility if you are willing to let them um, challenge you or to change your perspective on things. And so, I think working with teens for me, I enjoy it possibly because it's an important phase of their life to get some a good foundation built for how they're going to mm-hmm. operate in the world. And also, it's good for me because it makes me really think sometimes around um, mm-hmm. how I'm showing up too. So they challenge me. It's good. I like that. that. That's incredible. And on that note, Cindy, we're going to pause for a quick break. So I'm going to ask you and the listeners to please stay with us. And we'll be back in a moment. Thank you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, and welcome back to The Sky's the Limit. And this week, my featured guest is Cindy Swall. And before the break, we were talking about teenagers and she's volunteers and works with them and she said how great they are that they challenge her and that's one way to put it Cindy really teenagers do challenge you and it's great that you're a positive role model and can really engage with them I want to kind of go back though because like I said your background has an you know coach in the executive arena and your title is the bliss mentor and I wondered you know what that's been like for you with that because we all have a title we identify with so what was that like you truly jumped in and owned that well, when I kind of started, you know, the first thing you do, anytime you go through any kind of like a, a marketing class or entrepreneurial uh, training or anything like that, the first thing we say to you is, like, as you're starting to brand yourself, you have to figure out what is it that you do that's different than everyone else. And the truth is, from a coaching perspective, there's a lot of things, um, variables that come into play that say, okay, here's um, here are specific coaching tactics and tools, but it doesn't necessarily um, define you know, a coach in and of itself is a fairly new industry. So a lot of times, and it depends on where you are in the world, like on the coast, like East Coast, West Coast, mm-hmm. the question is, you know, who is your coach? Whereas if you get closer into the Midwest in the United States, it's more like, oh, so what is a coach? Now what do you do? So I get a lot of questions from what the heck is that really? So it's not mm-hmm. a really well-known industry um, across all demographics. So um, the first thing I had to do is be able to go, you know, what is my goal really? Because if, if as an executive coach, I'm looking for productivity, um, I'm looking for um, leadership skills, right? So those kinds of things is, is where I'm helping people to get to. Mm-hmm. But what I came to realize is that it doesn't matter what your goal is. If your goal is, if you're a single mom and your goal is to make a certain amount of income, or if you're single and your goal is to bring a relationship into your life, all of those things are about creating some level of peace and contentment and happiness for yourself. So we kind of talked about that. And mm-hmm. so to me, it's, that's, but that's how I really started to kind of define the term bliss because it's a really tough thing to define. So it's like, what is this bliss thing I keep hearing about and why is everyone following it? You know, what does that mm-hmm. mean exactly? So I really started to kind of, I had to redefine for myself what bliss actually meant. So you know, we have this ongoing competition to keep up with the American ideal. So there's countless daily opportunities for us to kind of miss the bar that's set by Victoria's Secret and Martha Stewart and Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. So <laughs> so I had to figure out, you know, how do we find bliss, you know, in just our regular lives? And I've learned that 
that happy people don't live in this constant state of zen. That, mm-hmm. you know, people who show up from a place of consistent joy are awake to the whole human experience, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. So, uh, and that's not what a lot of people want to hear. They want to hear that bliss means that I get to this place where I don't have any problems anymore and, you know, everything eludes me and, you know, I'm not here to blow fairy dust up your yeehaw. That's not who I am. Um, mm-hmm. But I really wanted you to challenge your thinking about, you know, about bliss and what that means because um, it means being open to all of the experiences um, mm-hmm. that you have in your life and figuring out, you know, not just, um, you know, not to keep, you know, get to that place where you have, live in this constant utopia because, spoiler alert, that never actually happens. <laughs> so right. we're not going there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the good news is, though, is that we can really, um, you know, we can find, if we're in the present, we can find fleeting moments of goodness in life no matter what's going on. This is true. This is true. I can attest to that, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yes, it's where you put your focus, really, and what you, what you see. That's true. What, the, lens, the lens from which you see, right? Exactly. Yeah, because I know, you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, you were talking about all the busyness, and yeah, you know, and everybody, if you will, is so busy and um, chaotic, and we go to Google more often than not, rather than have a conversation. And stress right now is at an all-time high um, right. on, on the on the planet. So that's why you know when you were talking, um, you know, so you really feel that bliss is a realistic goal. I mean, you're living proof of that, correct? Well, yeah, and I think a lot of it is because um, it, it's really interesting. Because I had some a lot of stuff going on in my life at one period of time, and a friend of mine wrote um, wrote me something on Facebook. He wrote me a private message and said. You know, I sense that something is wrong with you right now, but he goes, how could that be? Because your life is perfect. <laughs> I just started laughing. He's That's like, fun. you're the bliss goddess, right? It's like, well, I, I get that. Yes, I, I am. I do focus on that, and I do build, uh, try to do make decisions based on creating that sense of balance for myself. But the truth is we've all got our stuff, right? Everybody's managing stuff. If you have more than two people in the same place at the same time, they, you've got stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It's just important to keep that in mind is that the whole idea of bliss is not, you know, always coming back to that, that place of, of consistent balance and peace. It is looking at what's going on around you and being able to just, um, to look at it from a place of being able to make the next decision that is, um, that's going to move you to at least the next highest place, right? So it's not, because mm-hmm. here's the challenge for people, right? So they think in order for you to have constant, consistent bliss as we've defined it in the past, which is consistent peace and contentment, nothing can happen to you to rock your world. Well, mm-hmm. that's not realistic because energy must move, right? So it's got to be moving around. And so a lot of times, and this is what this happens even more when we are taking steps towards it, making improvements in our lives because we're, you know, we set our intentions and we take action towards those goals. And as soon as we do, the wheels fall right off the bus of your current reality. And to the untrained eye, it would appear that it's like I'm doing all these things, right? I'm saying my affirmations, I'm doing my vision boards, I'm taking action towards my goal, and my life is falling apart. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, what I, and what I'm here to help you understand as a coach is that your life is not falling apart, it is falling away. Everything mm-hmm. that is not in alignment or a vibrational match to where you're going cannot go with you. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a job that you hate... 
you can't move towards happiness in that job. If you are in a dysfunctional relationship or an abusive relationship, you can't get to that place in this relationship. It's got to go away. And so it's really hard for us to be prepared for, for the wheels falling off, but you have to know that that's all part of the path to bliss, right? It's like when one door closes, another one opens, but it's hell in the hallway if you're not paying attention. <laughs> I love that. That's a nice way to put it. It is hell in the hallway. Or it can, it can be, right? Yeah, it can be if you don't recognize that that's what's happening. Mm. Mm. So in your coaching, you, you offer tools to your clients um, to be able to navigate through all of this? I'm, yes? Well, yeah, I think a lot of it is just being prepared for it. So when depending on the goal, right, or the, the intention that the person has, Whatever mm-hmm. it is you're headed towards, whatever it is that you want to have, then part of what I work with you on is to help identify what are some, what, what could be con- some um, potential fallout when we start this process, right? So I help them to identify those things before they happen. So when it happens, they don't go, oh my gosh, we got to stop this train, right? But to help them understand that they, once they've identified what could happen, then they recognize it as part of progress as opposed to the wheels falling off the bus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. No, that that totally makes sense, and I, I completely understand that. Believe you me, having gone through the process, without any warning, <laughs> I was like, okay, right. now it's yeah, your life. Your life seems like it's falling apart when you're hanging onto a side of a cliff, and you you have you have an option. You can go, okay, I can hang on for as long as I can, and then you you do, and you hope that you just stay alive, and then that's how you mm-hmm. continue the rest of your your days, or you get back on solid ground and take a deep breath and say, okay, what's next? And that's what I did. And yeah, it was an eye-opening experience. Well, I think the challenge too, if you have something like that happen to you um, that you're unprepared for, the key is to build some sort of a foundation to support yourself to prepare for things like that that are going to happen. And most people don't do that, right? They're mm-hmm. not, you're not thinking, well, what could conceivably happen down the road that I need to be prepared for? It's kind of like insurance, if you will. But it's more like emotional and spiritual insurance. But you have to create that foundation so that when those things happen, you know that you've got something to fall back on. And it's interesting that you mentioned the cliff because uh, most people hate change because it's, usually messy and seldom something we've initiated, right? So we're just responding or reacting to stuff all the time. But if you're if you've ever been a rock climber, if you if you know about rock climbing, they have what they call the commitment move. And mm-hmm. in the commitment move, that's where you get to that place on the side of that cliff where the only way for you to move forward is for you to let go of the only thing that is supporting you. Like they're, they're, let mm-hmm. go with both hands and both feet and just trust that whatever foundation you build or whatever harness you have supporting you is going to support you then until you can get to that next place, right? So it's a total leap of faith is what it is. It's like, okay, I'm going to let go of this cliff now, and I'm assuming someone got me because I don't know what it's going to be. But mm-hmm. at some point, we have to go there. We have to just say, okay, I can't go further until I just let go. I've got to release this and trust that I'm, that I'm covered. And you can't do that unless you've built some element of foundation to support you. Yeah, and, you know, that it's really funny, actually. You're, you're absolutely correct. And so when I was listening to you talk about the foundation, thank goodness that I have a spiritual base mm-hmm. and, and had that beforehand. And that's really what served me because that's really all I was left with, if you will. And I so that leads me to the next point I wanted to ask about belief systems. You know, how, how strong are they? And um, do you work with people? 
clients who, who really, you know, don't have any or they're not sure what to believe. You know, so can we well, touch on that? Well, um, that's an interesting question because everybody believes something. Mm-hmm. It may not be in God, but they right. everybody believes something. And so the the belief systems that people hold impact everything they do, everything. In fact, um, Einstein asked the you know basically asked the question for you know many years. He his philosophy is that you can tell the overall happiness of a man's life over time by how he answers one question, and that question is: Is this a friendly universe? Mm-hmm. Meaning, if my belief system is if I get up every day and I'm thinking it's just me against the world, right, and I'm in survival mode and I just have to make sure that I can keep my head above water, that's one way to operate in the world. It's exhausting. Um, mm-hmm. But the but if you really believe that it's a friendly universe, whether it's a, a God is your support system or angels or your non-physical support system or whatever it is you believe in, Buddha or you know whatever your God of choice is, Whatever it is that you believe in is your mechanism for support. So, so it could be anything. If you come into the experience saying, okay, I believe this is a friendly universe, that when I make a decision, the stars will align, all the right people will show up, um, the world is here to support me, that's a completely different way to operate. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take different actions. You're going to say different things. You're going to connect with different people than you would if you believed it, that it was unfriendly. And the reason I say that is it's, you know, the belief system is not just about believing or not believing in a higher power. The belief system is whatever it is, your core underlying beliefs about how the world operates influence everything you do and whether or not you can be successful. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I guess what I'm saying is you don't have to believe in a, in a God or an entity of some kind to be Mm -hmm. able to get to where you need to go. That's, that's, but you have to believe in something, whether it's your own capacity to do it, whether it's, that the universe is friendly, or whether it is, you know, if I, you know, if I start to falter here, God's going to pick me up and take care of it. Whatever that is that you believe will get you there. Hmm. I love that because you know, so often, you know, there's so much controversy around. Well, I believe in this, and I, I don't believe in that, or you know, we want to label something, and mm-hmm. and like you said, you know, we all have a belief system. You know, it, it's within us, right? And it doesn't always have to be. Um, a higher power, if you will. There is some right. some belief system. And we're coming up to a break, Cindy, so I'm going to ask you and the listeners to please stay with me, and we'll be back momentarily. Thank you so much. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. 
Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to Show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt. Welcome back to the sky's the limit with my featured guest, Cindy Swall. Um, her life as a coach. So, Cindy, I would like to ask you what is your legacy and your vision for the imprint you will have? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, and you know what's kind of interesting, too? I think there was a time when I was younger than in my life. I'm just like, you know, I want to make sure that I can influence and motivate, you know, millions of people across the globe. You know, and if you can do that, hey, more power to you. I think that's great work if you can get it. Um, what I would say is for me, to me, it feels more like the impact as I get older, the impact that I have on the people that I interact with um, feels more important to me than the number of people that I that I talk to. So that's gotten less and less, even though I have to say, I mean, I, I have talked to, you know, thousands and thousands of people, but it's like some of them you impact and some of them you don't, right? It depends on kind of where they are in their journey as well. Sometimes they hear what you have to say. Sometimes it's in one ear and out the other. So, um, you know, every time I, I speak or I meet with someone, you know, I just put it out there to say, okay, whatever, whatever the, the I'm, I'm a God girl, right? So, you know, whatever's out there, let me be the conduit for whatever these people need to hear right now, right? Mm-hmm. So really mm-hmm. it's just about being the vessel or the mechanism through which, um, you know, a message can be delivered that people can hear. Um, so it's really about, I would say that my primary message in the work that I do is understanding how your thinking and your belief systems impact your ability to get where you're going, right? So is it law of attraction stuff? Partially. Um, but as far as my legacy, it's really about um, helping people understand the power and the potential that exists in every single one of us, ordinary people, to do extraordinary things, right? So everyone should have this magical life, or at least days where they feel like, you know, things are just cooler than they could ever imagine for them to be, right? So to me, that's my legacy, is if I can help people get to that place where they can at least reach that, like, we're all going to have bad days, but when we're having a bad day, enlightenment isn't about being at the utopia of spiritual growth. It's about recognizing when you're going down a path that doesn't serve you, and you can stop the downward spiral and think a new thought, Right, it's just really staying mm-hmm. focused on where we have some element of control, and people feeling like they have some, you know, some power over their own experience. Hmm, I love that. That's that's really, really helpful. I mean, it really is because, like I said, we're all so busy. Everybody's out there, you know. We're all racing around, running around, and you know, you're just you're just staying with it. I 
That's that's what I get. You're staying in the chorus. You know, like you're paddling right. through the rough water, but you stay in, in enjoying contentment. And, you know, you, you've uh, cultivated something. You offer bliss camps and women's workshops. I wondered if we could talk right. about that briefly. Sure. I think I mentioned earlier that I'm really trying to open up more um, space to work with women because, I mean, I am a woman for one thing. And secondly, I... Um, you know, I'm really seeing a, a gap in women taking the time and the initiative to do things for themselves or to um, to really invest in their own well-being. So um, I've created what I call bliss camps, which are basically women's retreats, and I travel around and do those all over the place. Um, I only have one scheduled right now. It's in the Kansas City area. So I only do about four or five a year at this juncture. I think maybe if I... Um, if I do it with doing less one-on-one coaching and less corporate stuff, I might take on more of that. So we might see more. My ultimate goal, you talk about legacy, is to create kind of like a bliss barn and have people come into one location and just spend the whole weekend and really create this over, you know, just overwhelmingly fabulous experience. But um, you know, there's just a lot of uh, there's nothing like a there's nothing like time with the girls. You know what I mean? As far as right, like right. really feeling supported and loved, and and I just do a, a transformational weekend where I bring in women and we work on you know things around reflection and visioning and uh, supporting one another. We do yoga and mindfulness, and um, I usually invite in um, other folks who are um, healers or do massage or um, aromatherapy things like that. So just ways in which women can just care for themselves all weekend because we just don't make that kind of an investment. So I do a mm-hmm. lot of custom ones, like I'll go into um, uh, corporations and, and churches or women's um, professional groups and things like that will have me come in for the weekend and we'll just schedule one um, and plan it over a couple of three months. And it's pretty wonderful. I love them. It's like a blast, actually. It is so That's much all. fun. That's why I love it's doing like them. I, really- do those, I do those all the time and do nothing else, and I would be a happy girl. So yeah. maybe that's my that's my retirement glide bath is just do bliss camps all the time. There you go. Good. The ultimate bliss camp, right? That's right. That would that would be beautiful. Um, so you know, you mentioned visioning, and do you, I, I visioned. I'm sure some of the other listeners have um, done vision boards and held visions. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like it's a continual process that we're always, you know, redefining the vision, or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it's kind of interesting because people ask me that question all the time. Do you believe that vision boards work or affirmations work? And and my answer to them is yes and no. <laughs> and let, me, okay. let me tell you the distinction. <laughs> is that a vision will always work if you create a vision that you can get your head around. Like if, if I'm doing a vision board for something that I believe is possible for me, you can get there. But if you create a vision, like a lot of people who've done vision boards in the past, and there's a lot of guidelines that make it um, successful. We don't have time to talk through all of them. But, but I would say one of the biggest things is that most people, when they create a vision board, they do like a collage of everything they want in their life over the next 20 years, right? So that you can't mm-hmm. get your head around that. The brain doesn't operate that way. You know, it needs to compartmentalize. So the first thing you want to do is you want to create a vision board about one goal at a time. It's not that you can't create three or four vision boards at the same time, but you only put one thing on each board. So if your goal is to get your MBA, then that's one board. If your goal is to lose 50 pounds, that's another board, you know, whatever okay. it looks like. But you have to create um, some structure around it, and you have to believe it. Like, I do work with these women, women's employment networks. Some of these women are in a homeless shelter. If their goal is to get a home, they might put, if they put a $5 million house on their vision board, I'm not, gonna, I'm not one to limit them. They may eventually have a $5 million house, but the likelihood that they'll move from the shelter 
into this five million dollar house is is tougher for them to get their head around. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I try to direct them to say, what's the next logical step for you? You know, find a cute little cottage or something that speaks to you that feels like you can make your home and then work your way up to the $5 million house. But um, mm. the key is that whatever it is, you, whatever it is you're saying to yourself and creating a vision around needs to be something that's not more than about six months out. Okay. And then at the six-month mark, what is, you know, what would you say at that point to reassess? Well, well, you know, I create new vision boards all the time. So once I manifest something, I'll take a picture of my vision board just for my entertainment, and and then I start a new vision board, right? So, you know, our um, our purpose on the planet is to create, right? We need to keep creating and co-creating. And so you're never going to be at that place where you don't want anything ever again. If you do, it's called dead. So, don't, you know, that's not a goal. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it might be for some people at some point, you know, you got to be done. But the truth is, you're going to, whatever it is you create for yourself, then it's time to create something new, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm creating new vision boards all the time. I've basically got two or three going at the same time. Okay. I like that. I really like the clarity. Yeah, you have to have clarity. Um, Jam everything onto, like you said, one collage. I feel like you've been peeking through the windows because we've all done it, right? (laughs) Well, that's what most people do. They're like, let's just make a collage of everything. Another thing I would say is make sure you put a picture of yourself on your vision board because if you don't, mm-hmm. it's just like a bunch of pictures of stuff from a magazine. But as soon as you put your picture on there, it's like, oh, look, there's Karen's house. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It com- it's a completely different experience than if you're not on it. You have to put yourself in the middle of your vision. Because there's no connection. Absolutely. Right, there's no connection. It's just like a bunch of pictures. But I would, yeah. And I can tell you numerous stories of times that I put stuff on a vision board. Or like one, one time I was looking for a particular house. I ended up finding a house exactly that color. That had a, I had a picture of a white painted fireplace. My house had a white painted fireplace. And it had this, I found this wonderful pink chair that I thought was cool. I thought, someday I'm going to have that in my office. I bought a house that was that color with a whitewashed fireplace. And they, when they moved out of the house, they left a pink chair in the living room. Goodness. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's incredible. They just love that. The only thing they left in the house was that pink chair. I was like, that's just crazy. But that stuff will start to happen all the time. And you loved the chair when you saw it? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I was like, there's my chair. Well, I wasn't even surprised. It was like, well, there's my chair. (laughs) I don't even have to buy it now. Really? So you'll get to where once you start to manifest on a regular basis, you won't be nearly as surprised when it happens. You learn to expect it. You know, you've heard that old term, expect a miracle. Once you do, then it doesn't Mm -hmm. surprise you as much anymore. That's, yeah, I, I I believe. Yeah, and I think you do as well. Miracles, you know, happen every day, right? Big, small, yeah. but they do. They happen. It's whether or not you you notice them. I think where you put, like you said earlier, where you put your attention. You know, where your attention yeah. is. Everybody says, "Oh my gosh, what a coincidence!" No, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's funny. I was just going to say that because you have a quote: "Serendipity is no longer coincidence. Live your best yeah. life now." I love that. Right. Yeah, so I, I absolutely love it. So, okay, so you you you've done the work. The work you're going to be doing more workshops, and um, we've talked about visioning. And I'm going to ask you, what's treasure mapping, and how does that tie into visioning? Well, to me, treasure mapping is visioning. So, treasure okay. map is the old term that was used for vision board work. So, so it used to be called a treasure map, and but the treasure map is the whole. Let's throw everything on the same collage. Um, and to me, that's treasure mapping. A vision board means you create some clarity around your vision, and you um, and you hone in on one thing. Okay, but they both have the same purpose. It's just one is more effective than the other. 
And, you know, yeah, like I said, you, you know, you mentioned six months and that, that's about the time frame you mentioned for a vision board. Mm-hmm. So right. if by chance, you know, the vision hasn't shown up or manifested, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what tips do you have to share with the listeners about, like I said, reassessing, you know, because then we get into the blame right. game, right? Oh, we start self-loathing sure. and the ego starts ranting. So right. In fact, if you t- do... If you do a lot of, like, spiritual work anyway, you're even worse about this, right? Because then it's like when you don't get accomplished what you set out to accomplish, then you don't, then you're not only upset about the not reaching goal, now you're mad at yourself because you know better, right? And so then you beat yourself up over that. So it's, it's twisted. But, um, but I, that's why I would say you not you don't necessarily reassess your goal. You reassess, and part of this is the value of having somebody coach you through it, is that the first thing I'm going to look at is where do you have contradictions in your life? You say you want this thing, yet... What are you doing to, in your life to evidence that that's important to you? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if you want a relationship in your life and you park right smack in the middle of your garage and you don't have a square inch in your closet, you don't have space for someone in your life. Right? So you need to go look at it and say, what am I doing to prepare for this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that I a do. lot of times people don't get where they're going because it's like because they haven't had it before or haven't had it in a long time. It's like they they're kind of wishing they're using their vision board as like a wish board, right? It's like mm-hmm. I kind of wish I had this in my life, but they don't necessarily believe that it's possible, so they don't actually make steps towards it. If you are planning on moving, you know, if you're going to mm-hmm. buy a house and you're going to move, get out there and start cleaning that closet and stuff. You don't want to move all that garbage, right? Get rid of all that stuff. Start acting like you're moving. Lock some stuff up if you need to, right? But you've got to take steps towards that. You know, um, mm-hmm. the world adds, uh, adds thread to the web begun. You can't just say, okay, somebody bring me whatever I want. You have to get very clear about what you want, and you have to act like you're getting there. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love that because as you're, as you're talking, you know, I understand the difference. And it's almost like the Christmas list when you were a kid, right? You'd get out the right. giant catalog and I'm dating myself right. a bit. But, you know, you'd write down this list that was a mile long and you'd right. pray that if you were good, you'd get mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff on the list. So that that's funny. That's what came up for me when you were talking. It's like, yeah, if I'm really good, I'm going to get some of this some of the things I really want, but I, I, it's so right. great. It's a wish say. list. In fact, they used to call it a wish book. Didn't Sears call it a wish book? That's her wish I book. Think they, I right? think they did, right? I think the they Sears. did. And I think it's Dr. Michael Beckwith that says, you know, as a society, we suffer from what he calls an intention deficit disorder, right? It's like we, you know, you wouldn't call Amazon and say, just send me whatever you think I'd like, you know? <laughs> You'd be like, what? <laughs> so you have to get really clear. Here's the order number. Here's what color I want. Here's the quantity. Get clear mm-hmm. with the universe about what you want before you start putting stuff out there. And then make sure that you're not doing things to things to contradict that. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting, boy. It really is. We're, um, we're going to pause for a quick break, Cindy. So I'm going to ask you and the listeners to stay with us, and we'll pick up and come right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are. In the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt. Welcome back to the sky's the limit with my featured guest this week, Cindy Swall. And we're having a great conversation. And before the break, we were talking about the power of your thoughts and contradictions in in your life and how they show up and asking for what you want. And uh, that, that is really powerful, Cindy. It really is. And, and getting clear. And I want to ask you, with all that you're doing, mm-hmm. what what is next for you with, with all that you do? And you are a busy girl. You're very productive. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's one way to put it. Yeah, so I am productive, but mostly, um, I would say as far as what's next for me, I, I'm about to be an empty, ne- empty nester, right? My daughter's getting ready to go away to a gap year overseas and then go to college. So, um, so for me, I'm, my um, ability to be able to do uh, more travel and to um, do more long-term things is going to be um, a priority for me. So I'd like to do some more international work if I could. So that's something that I'd like to do more of. And honestly, I'd like to create more structure around the Bliss Camp. And ultimately, I'm going to say in the next five years or so, I'd like to have a location like a retreat center that people can come to. Um, and that way I can bring in, you know, a lot of additional folks. Because right now there's a lot of logistics around planning a Bliss Camp. So you've got to you figure out who does the property there, who handles the food there, who are the uh, massage people and the healers and stuff that I can bring in. So you're, you're managing a lot of moving parts, whereas if I had one location, it would be kind of fun to do that. But So mm-hmm. more keynotes. I do have my book that hopefully will be um, and will go to edit in May, so would be ready to launch by the end of the summer. That'll be exciting. Yeah, your and your book. I just want to highlight that because I know about that. It. I love the title. I, I love it. Someday my bliss will come, and and that's gonna, like you said, due to be out. So that'll be yeah. that'll be exciting. Yeah, it's a, you say it's a guidebook for everyday joy for women who are tired of walking, of waiting, waiting around. around excuse yeah, me. it's like. Someday my bliss will come. It's for a guide, an everyday guidebook uh, of joy for women who are tired of waiting around. So basically, we're not waiting for joy to come to us. We're creating intentional joy in our life, and so it's kind of a self-coaching workbook. And I'll have an inside workbook that'll go with it as well. So it's kind of like I'll explain the concepts in the book, um, so you'll get your head around it. And then there'll be a workbook that you can get as well that'll kind of allow you to walk yourself through some self-coaching modules. So it should nice. be really fun. And it's very lighthearted. That's just who I am, right? I don't, don't want to mm-hmm. do anything super heavy. Um, but 
if you go through these activities, it will really help you um, take a quantum leap in your life. So I'm excited about it. It'll be fun. I'm excited, actually. Like I said, I love the title. So, yeah, where will it be? Where will it be available? You know, it's hard to really even say yet because it hasn't even gone to edit. So, um, okay. Once that happens and we and we're ready to launch, then I'll I'll put something on my website that'll um, give like the launch locations and book signings and things like that. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to um, highlight that for for the listeners or have you highlight that. So, for the listeners to contact you, uh, your website. Would you like to? Sure, and it's pretty simple. It's cindyswall.com, but I spell my name a little weird. So it's C-Y-N-D-I, S as in Sam, W-A-L-L, cindyswall at, uh, well, it's actually just cindyswall.com. And then if you want to reach me via email, there's a contact there that you can reach me at, but you you can just reach me at cindyswall at cindyswall.com. Mm-hmm, great. And, you know, we're coming to the close of of the hour. I can't believe it. The time always flies by, and I always like to ask my guests, as we get to this point, if there's one takeaway you'd like to share with the listeners from the conversation today, if there's one thing that jumps out at you. Oh, uh, as far as what they should remember? Is that your Just, question? Yeah, related to you, your work, something you really want them to remember. You know, I would just them. say, you know, the concept, and, and I, I would just say, and I, I mean, to hesitate to say this at the risk of sounding self-serving, but I would say whoever you work with, it's like everybody should have a coach. I have a coach. Everybody should have a coach. So look in your area. If you want to work with me, I'm available. But find someone that can help you get from point A to point B because we have so many distractions and so much interference. Um, and at the very least, support one another in creating some focus and establishing some intentions in your life because it's just not something we can do on our own. Mm-hmm. You know, get some support and go out there and make stuff happen. I think my tidbit for today is happiness really is a, is a goal. Yeah, and it sure can't, I love that. I love that. So yeah, I'm going to invite the listeners to contact you at your website, which is right. cindyswall.com, C-Y-N-D-I. Mm-hmm. S-W-A-L-L dot com. And I'm going to thank you, Cindy, for joining me this week. It's been my pleasure to have you here and the listeners, and I will see everybody back next week. Thank you so Great much. To talk to you. Bye-bye, Karen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for The Sky's the Limit. Karen Levitt looks forward to having you tune in for another program next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, the gift is the shift. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.